1: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
2: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right.
3: Here for more. Hello, it's broad radio time. I'm so excited to be here on this Tuesday. My name's Jo Stanley, and here is Nellie Thomas, my co-host
0: today. Hello, Joe. Hello, listeners and viewers. It's so delightful to see you. It's lovely to be out. Oh, isn't it? While you can. In and in (laughs) person. It's so much nicer in person, isn't it? I love yeah. seeing your beautiful face with oh, your perfectly applied lipstick. <laughs> I Look, I did too. put on a bit of red lip this morning, but it's so well applied. Is it? Yes. I think it's just it's just genetic luck. I've just got those lips. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can just whack it on. I used to have that and then I got old. Oh, And then your lips
3: disappear. There's no line between my lip and my forehead anymore. I think you and I are about the same age. Yeah, but I'm not genetically blessed when it comes to the lippage. Okay. Hey, let's start the day by (laughs) shouting out to some women that we just have adored. In the last week or in fact the last year, I'm going to name Grace Tame, who today is the last day for her to be Australian of the Year. Amazing. I was just saying with someone the other day, what an incredible thing she did with that particular isn't an award whatever yes. she went when you give a honor. honor yes she just
0: went i am going to run with she that just and change changed. australia forever and you know when we talk particularly i mean this is depressing but particularly in eulogies we always mm. talk about how you know, everyone's one of a kind and all that sort of thing. And you sort of think, not really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like oh, you got to say that. At least three of a kind. You know, of, but she, I mm. mean, that woman has changed the world. Absolutely. It's incredible.
3: So Grace Tame, um, I'm loving the netballers, yep. uh, the Australian Diamonds who won the quad series overseas, the yeah, uh, women cricketers yeah. are winning the Ashes at the moment. Well, I'm
0: going tennis. I'm going, obviously, Ash Barty is just such mm. a superstar. And I mean, I hate the word role model, but you can't, not see her as a beautiful beautiful role model Mm. and just a great human but also I wanted to shout out to Yelena Dokic who for a range of reasons for a start she's just such a fabulous commentator I love watching the tennis and listening to her but also just as so often happens to women in the public eye the discussions and the crap that she's endured this week Um, about her appearance, about her weight, about completely irrelevant things. These are things that women in the public eye endure on top of the normal pressures Mm. of being in the public eye and I just wanted to say that I think she's amazing and I don't care what size she is. Oh
3: and she's a brilliant commentator as you say. Absolutely. Was an extraordinary tennis player despite a very abusive relationship with her father Mm. horrific things that she was going through behind the scenes Mm. none of us knew and this week I don't know if you saw the interview with Alizé Cornet the French tennis player it was beautiful the two of them had this moment where Mm. just that mutual respect and as Yelena said women supporting women oh absolutely
0: beautiful and just the idea even though they're competitors or you know previously competitors Mm. of kind of going there's a level at which we're all in this together. Yes, lovely.
3: Yeah, and then my favourite women, actually, I must oh, say, for love today, this, jo. I love this. She's she's so, she's mad much. for it. She, the twenty mothers who go to a sporting field. This is in Boston, every week, and they just scream yeah. into the abyss. Yeah, <laughs> just they just let
0: it. it out. They just howl at the moon.
3: They do. They yeah. bellow. Yeah, and the most beautiful thing is that they have actually some structure to it. They have five goes at it. The first four, a normal scream, right? Free for all screaming and shouting. And then they do a scream in honor of the mothers who are too busy to
0: attend. Oh bless. Oh my
3: gosh. So consider broad radio today. We are
0: bellowing on your behalf. I love it. I mean when I hear about things like remember laughing yoga was a big thing for a while and I thought, nah, Mm. I can't do I don't know if it's a comedian thing. I can't go Mm. and be forced to laugh. But I tell you what, I could scream in a field. Oh, my gosh. Well, we've all screamed into a linen cupboard. That's right. (laughs) Let out some rage. Let it out. Let the anger out. Feel the anger. Yeah.
3: I've had my daughter say, Mummy, what are you doing in the wardrobe? (laughs) Nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why have you soundproofed your walk-in wardrobe, Mum? I'm recording in there. Shh.
3: Just letting it all out. (laughs) Anyway, we've got an awesome show for you today. Kerry Sackville is going to be joining us to tell us why is Wordle such a massive phenomenon? I'm not into it yet. I was going to say, you're not not onto it? Not yet. Okay. But who knows? Yeah, we'll see. People seem to be really loving it. And the incredible world-renowned author and activist Van Badham is joining us to tell us all about her latest book, QAnon Mm. and On, which is... QAnon is a terrifying phenomenon in itself. And we've got the best and worst of the internet
0: today. Yeah, that's right. We have. Mm. We've got the the pleasure and the Mm -hmm. pain.
3: Yeah. And you're going to tell us about... I don't No, mean I'm to not Joe I don't mean to no, laugh, I'm not. and you're going to share with us your journey with sleep apnea. No, I'm not. Sleep CPAP machine. You are.
0: I'm gonna have a nap. You're gonna oh, good <laughs> luck to you.
3: Welcome to you if you are joining us live and we wanna say hello to Michelle Redfern. She has already messaged on our Facebook. Please do if you are watching. And you know, share comments and questions along the way. Michelle shares. Diversity plus equity plus inclusion. Hooray, my first live for the year. We love having you. If you want to catch up on anything that has happened on Broad Radio previously, you can always do that with our podcast, Broad Radio On The Go, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are watching on any of our socials right now, please do chuck us a like or a follow or subscribe. We're desperate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know that you're there in the ether. Sadly, we live in a world where that sort of stuff matters. Yeah, Yeah. So... I've seen the photos. Oh, Nellie. I hope you're not mocking me, Jo Stanley. I am not mocking you. I have deep compassion for people with sleep apnea. Yeah. My daughter was born
0: with sleep apnea. Yes. So
3: I know that it is actually a thing and no, an extreme really thing. Is. But the photos you've shared,
0: yeah. I look I good. Mean, love. You know, it's good being a single 48-year-old woman, um, having to wear that. And I thought to myself, if I ever do have a guest over, what would you do? How do what am I going to say? How do I introduce that? Or do I just have a bad night's sleep? Mm. You know what I mean? You just like shove that in the drawer with all the other thing, unmentionables. So share with us the journey. You've the just journey. discovered you have sleep apnea. Yeah. Well, I look, I haven't slept since, you know, the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. I thought that's just how I'm built. You know, yes. I don't come from a, a, a good like line of sleepers. We're not good sleepers. My children weren't good sleepers. My eldest daughter didn't sleep through the night till she was four. Oof. And she still, in fact, is 14 and doesn't always sleep through the night. So we're not good sleepers. So I just thought that was normal. Mm. And um, then someone suggested to me that I get a sleep test. Mm. I don't know if you've got that photo. Oh, you have. There you go. Um, So I went along to a sleep specialist. And you used to have to do this in hospital Yes. um, now, which was... Ridiculous driving along Bell Street, like driving home, hooked up like that. You hooked up. You see the thing on your chest. You've got nodes on the head, down the legs, on the heart. The whole thing. You didn't go through the Bell Street Macca's drive-through like that. Look, I was tempted to go through Red Rooster, right? Just to just to see what they'd say. But I no, I ran inside. I was like, what if my neighbours see me? You know the whole thing. Um, but it turns out I was. So I get up at sort of five or six, seven sometimes in a night mm. i thought i would just had a weak bladder whereas the um sleep specialist said to me no no you're waking yourself up and then you think you need to go to the toilet like it's the other way around uh-huh. so i think you meant to have something like under five minor disturbances every hour when you sleep and i was having up to 40 uh. so no wonder i was tired all the time i just thought it was life Yes, you yeah. Know, like
3: life's hard sometimes. Yeah, but and is it related to? Because it's about um, that's oxygen. Not you're not in not inhaling oxygen and you're not dispelling carbon dioxide as well. Yes. So, so the, it's what, it about. Um, I don't know shape of your face or what do they do
0: so I age? think it's, oh my it's, god yeah I reckon it well it's a range of things I like I said I haven't slept well since I was a teenager so I don't know you know if there's a genetic component to be honest I just wanted them to fix it yes <laughs> but yeah. he basically said what happens in the night if you've got sleep apnea is your throat's sort of collapsing yeah so your body's waking yourself up because it literally thinks it's dying so you're, you know, particularly if you snore a lot and if you have that kind of snoring where you you know, mm, mm, mm. that kind of snoring, then there's a good chance you've got sleep apnea and your body's going, oh, don't die. Mm. So it wakes you up. So you never get into that deep sleep.
3: So now your best friend is this machine that now you sleep with. Now I've got with. the
0: little machine and I wake up in the morning and I see how many times I've woken up because it records everything. Um, so I've done... How many nights have I done? I've probably done about five nights with the machine. I'm trying different attachments. Uh, It sounds really sexy, but not at all. (laughs) There's little nasal ones. There's one over here. There's one over the whole face. I'm doing the whole thing. And I've definitely noticed I I spent one night without it. I don't know why. I just thought I'd try a night without it. And I was much tighter the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, watch this space, but I could be but my lovely sleep specialist who's got a very strong Irish accent, Fergal, his name is. He said, Nellie, this could change your life.
3: Well, imagine if it was holding you back. Well, I mean, you've already achieved so much in your life, oh, but now,
0: Nellie. Imagine my next 48 years. You with full, full,
3: full night's sleep every night.
0: Look, in all seriousness, I will say, and he talked to me about this, you know, the effect on mental health. Yeah. Of not sleeping, let alone physical health. You know, there's a whole range of things. So we'll see. I'll come back in a year and tell you how it's going. Well,
3: I think it's
0: extraordinary and I really do hope that you take someone
3: home at some point. Yes. And you say That was an enjoyable, so, you know, tater tate. I'll now, just have to
0: direct them to my socials and go, look, this is this is the morning vision. It means right? you
3: can't sleep over
0: someone else's house. No, that's true. Although I can't do that anyway because I've got dogs and kids. Oh, fair enough. You know, yeah. so, I mean, what's the chances <laughs> of me being able to like get out on the town? But you know, you're still going through this thought process. Like, yeah. imagine, imagine. You that don't, yeah, you, you don't want to be. A friend of mine your said your whole life you just need you... to find someone else who's got sleep apnea. <laughs> <laughs> like, how depressing. What a depressing thought. I love it. That you could probably. What get, machine you know, have a, you got? To double, get a, double. <laughs> get a two, double attachments. Oh my lord! I think that's very romantic, and surely that's how we age, you isn't really it? You really do not think that's romantic? I do.
3: Well, I've you know I'm looking at my husband. I've been with him for twenty something years, and as we get older, I'm imagining that we will both <laughs> just hooking to whatever machine will keep us alive and just get Look,
0: pa- get past that. Airflow is important <laughs> for is. a range of functions. Yes,
3: that's right. We'll all be incontinent and and dying of sleep apnea, that's how, how we'll age together. And I will we?
0: say to the to this particular demographic, if you are tired all the time, it's possibly middle age, mm. but it could also be that you mm. need a sleep test. I love I it. I mean, I didn't know. Go and do it. Do it. Yeah. Um, thanks again
3: to Tracy who's joining us. Good morning. First time
2: listener.
0: Oh, yay. At she's, Perth Airport.
3: Oh, my gosh. I love that she's at Perth Airport, although I do hope that you are
0: feeling okay. I haven't flown yet. No, I haven't (gasps) either. I'm too nervous. Yeah, wow. Yeah, although being in Perth, I'm actually from Perth, Tracy, by the way, but Mm. um, being in Perth, you know, if you're coming from Perth, you're all right. Yes. it's true. What are the chat They've got about,
3: what, six cases? She's heading to work though. So if you're heading oh, she to might be FIFO. the rest of Australia, Um, I hope that you stay safe. And uh, good morning to Donna, who is one of our regulars. We love you, Donna yeah. Stottenberg. You're amazing. But she has oh, a migraine today, so we're thinking of you. Um, and Eche, we found out how to say your name It's Eche, thank you for telling us um, And she says, yeah, or it's bloody menopause Well, that's also <laughs> there's true There's so much going there's on There's so many things
0: that affect mm. your sleep, that's true But if you can mm. get a little gain from having the, you know, air pumped on That was rude Having the <laughs> air pumped up your nose, then get the gain Yeah, I, I'm supporting that, absolutely yeah. And uh, there's, th- that's
3: just embracing your health yeah, absolutely. Just taking notice. Because you
0: deserve it. I do deserve it. I haven't yeah. been to a dentist in two years, but I deserve yeah. it. Yeah.
3: Uh, I think it's time to welcome our first guest. She's going to be joining us just after this amazing, uh, world-renowned author, Van Batham and activist. And she's got a new book out all about Q. QAnon, which mm. you must read. We're going to deep dive into that after this. <laughs> Now, Nellie, I'm sure I'm not alone when I admit that I've heard of QAnon, Mm. but I don't really know what it is. Yeah. I know that it's related to conspiracy theories. Sometimes I think that's where the anti-vax movement comes from as well in the whole pandemic scenario. But again, I've kind of guessed. Yes. Really. And in a way, put my head in the sand a little.
0: Well, I think over the last couple of years, a lot of us have put our head in the sand because, you know. We were drowning in it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you sort of hear these um, things like QAnon and think, oh, I don't know if I can engage with that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know a lot more about it now. Well, most definitely because I read this incredible
3: book by the amazing Van Batten. It's called QAnon and... Anon. Anon, 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 I can't even say, it's a, it is a brilliant book and it's so well researched, it's all about internet conspiracy cults and the author joins us now, Van Badem, and you're very real life right now because you're joining us from a car, I
1: love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually recording the audio book. Of QAnon and on in Melbourne today, and of course I live in regional Australia, so we've made the uh, the journey up in the car. So live from the Mazda, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it.
0: Are you sure, or you are you in fact in a bunker under the White House? Because how would we know?
1: <laughs> was, let me tell you, it's definitely a Mazda, but you wouldn't know. I mean, most of the things that you'll encounter on the internet, particularly on social media. And specifically in the spaces where QAnon people hang out, uh, you wouldn't know what was real and what wasn't. I mean, we're dealing Mm. with a a propaganda operation that is absolutely infinite at the moment.
3: So, Van, my first question is because someone asked me this the other day, I was raving about your book, um, and they've gone, what what is QAnon? And so I ask you what is QAnon because I'm not even sure if that is an answerable question.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, I can, I can answer this question having written the book. So QAnon is what we call an internet conspiracy cult. And it has a guru, which is a, an internet prophet called Q, who started posting on a website called 4chan, these sort of strange coded messages uh, claiming that they were a secret agent with all of these government secrets to spill at the end of 2017. And these posts appeared from this Q person and these adherents started to gather around these posts, going, oh, look, there could be something to this. The the posts play to really old myths about secret societies and an evil cabal of Satan worshipping child eaters who snatch children in the night and torture them and drain their blood. And these are really old sort of urban myths that have been hanging around Western society for two and a half thousand years but people gravitate towards them, particularly when they're in distress. So you have a movement of these people who started following these cue posts and interpreting them and forming little communities to interpret these sort of clues that were, that were left by this so-called secret agent and forming friendships and relationships and then mobilizing on the streets around issues that they interpreted as being relevant to what Q was saying. So it, it has like a quasi-religious element, but it ultimately it's a conspiracy theory with a, a cult infrastructure around it.
0: So Van, the the central tenants, I mean it sounds brothers grim, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, children getting snatched, blood being drink drank, all that sort of stuff. But what are the what are the fundamental beliefs of QAnon, do we say followers, worshippers, subscribers? Like what do they well, think? Adherence,
1: adherence, adherence. Or, or acolytes. Uh, they Fundamentally, they believe that there is a, a secret society of elite pedophiles uh, that are drawn from uh, Hollywood and basically any kind of celebrity politicians. Uh, the Pope is apparently in on it. Hillary Clinton is basically the most evil person in the universe, according to QAnon people. And this secret society and they legitimately believe this this is what they believe they believe that this secret society runs this massive international operation uh through the auspices of various governments that snatches children in the middle of the night and imprisons them well not necessarily during the middle of the night be during the day to be fair uh, and stashes them in tunnels underground where they ritually abuse these children and and do unspeakable things to them, to drain their blood. And the, the theory goes that the the blood of tortured children contains a chemical called adrenochrome, which is a real chemical which exists in the human body, which is produced as like a byproduct of adrenaline. But in the QAnon mythos, this, this blood product um, is drained from the bodies of children, and then these elites consume it, and it gives them special powers like enhanced virility and it keeps them young. So their argument is like, why do all these celebrities look so young? And it's like, can I introduce you to a concept called plastic surgery? And Botox.
0: slightly yeah. <laughs> easier
1: to manage. But QAnon people believe that there are 300,000 children living in tunnels under the streets of Melbourne.
0: So they're like so, dementors, basically. This idea that there yeah. are, you know, the celebrities are dementors, just like... Sucking the life out of children to prolong their beauty and youth.
1: Yeah, well, in fact, harvesting the screams of children, as a New Zealand uh, newspaper worked out, is the plot of Monsters Inc. And yes. this idea that oh, it is, too. These it people... mm. is, mm. yes, yeah. Oh, yes. So that, but they believe this, and they believe in this whole infrastructure. They use the term the deep state, and the deep state. Mm. Uh, the you know public servants and, and cops and military personnel mm. who obey the pedof- the pedophile cabal and that they're the ones who run all of these logistics. And I'm like, seriously, Mm. whoever is managing to hide 300,000 children Mm. under the streets of Melbourne, Mm. this person really should be put in charge of the coronavirus response. I mean, (laughs) there's fly and transport and skills Mm. are extraordinary. It's It's really disturbing. Like, it is really, really disturbing that people believe this stuff, but they live in a... Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, you're right, Van. I, I find it unfathomable that people believe it, and it is disturbing but but so i'm assuming q is a person right or an organization that sort of some kind of well col- i don't know whoever q it is, is that started it but are they doing it to try and control the masses deliberately so they that's, don't that's actually the believe the story themselves but they've just sort mm. of set it up as a way of kind of manipulating you know vulnerable people
1: well we don't know who q is or mm. q presumably could be any number of people uh but what Q represents is a capacity of the internet to create these communities that are fed constant streams of propaganda. So whoever Q is, I mean, I read all of the Q posts when I was researching the book, which I've got to say are hours of my life. I will never get back. And they're pretty ridiculous. I mean, they're ridiculous. They're nonsensical. And my father was a great fan of uh, spy thrillers of the 70s and 80s. And whoever Q is is a fan of the same... Uh, books, so there are all of these Robert Ludlum references and you know, born identity and and stuff like that. And if you sort of and hunt for red October, sort of Tom Clancy kind of stuff, if you're up on that particular genre from that particular period in time, the Q posts take on this hilarious sort of ah, this man's a true fan kind of thing. Although we <laughs> um, don't know, um. you know, what gender Q is or whether it's committee or the rest of it, but it's this sort of crazy gobbledygook. It, people get really into it, and mm. these communities that have formed now are so credulous because they've sort of drunk their cute Kool Aid that there are a number of manipulators who know that they can get those people to do anything. Mm. And because this is the thing, if you genuinely believe there are three hundred thousand children being tortured under the streets of Melbourne, you know a city where if there's a new like a taco truck, everybody knows about it. In 10
2: <laughs>
1: like, if you can convince yourself to believe that, you can be convinced to believe anything. Anything. And yep. this is why you get these communities of people who think, you know, 5G towers and Bill Gates are trying to put microchips in your brain with the vaccine and the rest of it. And if you're a bad faith political actor, there aren't very sophisticated buttons to press to sort of deploy those people in various directions. Mm. And this, of course, is what's been happening. This is what happened on the January 6th mm. uh, riot in, in the capital in the United States last year. There were lots of QAnon believers who were there. They were wearing all the paraphernalia.
0: Mm. A van. I mean, so many questions, so many questions. But my first question is there are genuinely terrifying Uh, conspiracies that are actually happening you know I was saying to Joe before I watched the Snowden movie yesterday you know the Edward Snowden revelations the things that are revealed by whistleblowers are genuinely disturbing the things that the governments are doing why don't QAnon adherents care about those things well, because those things are difficult and complex, and in many ways they're responsible
1: for them. So you look at something like the in the United States, you had the Trump uh, administration and the separation of children at the borders. Like it mm. was an absolute human rights disaster. And we and the thing about, you know, I don't I don't really, I don't really invest in the language of government conspiracy, because generally the worst things that happen in the world happen in plain sight, and they happen because in the United States people vote for them. Mm. So Trump was elected on a platform to essentially do whatever he wanted with a nice racist tinge, and you had this situation at the border where children were taken from their parents. They're still reuniting those children and trying to find their families, Like, and that was done in plain sight. If you're a QAnon person, and part of the appeal of it, like going to the psychology of conspiracy theory belief in the book. Oh,
3: no. Oh, no someone's taken her internet yes <laughs> so, yeah oh she's back yeah. <laughs> sorry oh, we sorry. lost you
1: for a second well the 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 thing is the, the world is complicated and the answers mm. are not black and white and they're not simple in democracies in particular policy decisions are about trade-offs like if you want to protect if you want to protect the forest that might mean putting a community of timber workers out of jobs like we constantly evaluate and re-evaluate as democratic communities you know, what's best for the majority, what we think uh, you know, is going to be the greatest net gain. I mean, they're difficult questions. Conspiracy theories just go, these guys are good, these guys are bad. If you mm. do this, you're a good person. If you do that, you're a bad person. So it's, it's this really sort of polarized way of thinking where if you're one of these QAnon adherents on the internet sharing all the propaganda, you can essentially just claim that you're a good person, that you are a digital warrior and keyboard hero whereas real-life and real political uh, situations are infinitely more complex. A really good example is Tim Stewart, who became famous in Australia for being a QAnon adherent, who's best friends with the Prime Minister Scott Morrison. You know, photos of them, they go to Sharks games together, you know, drink beer, we're at one another's weddings. And Scott Morrison came under enormous amounts of criticism going, why are you friends with this person who's part of an extremist movement? And that's a pretty legitimate political question. But the other question is for that for that guy, for Tim Stewart, like if you're so interested in politics that you think there, there are children in tunnels and all these terrible things are happening, like why wouldn't you use your influence on the Prime Minister to do something about it? And it's because then you get into the realm of real politics and complicated decisions and it's much easier to just sit on the internet and say... Hillary Clinton, and I've read articles that say this, like Hillary Clinton is an evil beast creature and witch who consumes the bodies of innocents. Like there Mm. are people who believe that. And it's simple for them. Like it doesn't involve trade-offs of going, if I vote for Donald Trump, what does that mean in terms of children in cages? Mm. What's my complicity there? And that's that's
0: one of the things that I tease out in the book. And it's, oh, sorry, just one thing, Van. It's interesting, I think, because reality especially in terms of incompetence and politics and all the rest of it reality is either really boring or too complex and a conspiracy theory cuts through both of those doesn't it because it's fascinating and interesting and black and white oh absolutely one of the
1: sociologists who i quote in the book says the problem with the truth it doesn't it's usually kind of boring and it doesn't play well on social media Mm. and you can even see in the sort of anti-vax Uh, anti-lockdown, anti-whatever protests in Australia, like, if you're following that, and there's a community of us who do, we all sort of get together and uh, get into these, you know, research these groups and sort of follow them and we infiltrate their communities and keep an eye on what they're doing. Like, there have been these massive fractures in their leadership structures and their groups and how they organise because they you know the process of decision making wherever it is is really difficult it's really easy to just be on the internet it's really difficult to sort of form groups and make tactical decisions and evaluate strategy and so you see this sort of these guys who get these positions of power and influence and are spokespeople for the group one day who are, you know, purged and on the receiving end of all this criticism mm. another day. There was a guy in Melbourne who was sort of fashioning himself as, you know, the leader and spokesperson of those anti-lockdown movements. And the community has turned on him because he was arrested and he accepted his bail conditions. So you had, you know, this group mm. of people going, you should have fought the bail conditions, you should have been a renegade and the rest of it. Because, I mean... Real life is difficult. And there's a romance to these conspiracy theories as well (laughs) Mm, that entrances people.
3: So, Van, it it would be easy to react in the way that I had initially reacted, which is this is just a bunch of people who, for whatever reason, have attached themselves to complete madness, and I can dismiss that because how could you believe it and it's funny. Yeah, 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 it does seem Mm. so fantastical that it's almost amusing and it's not going to affect my life. But actually the misinformation is harmful to everybody Mm. IRL, in real life, isn't it?
0: Mm.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, let's just look at vaccination. I mean, a few decades ago, there would have been no question if a government had turned around to a population and gone, there's an invisible killer virus, it's coming for us, we have a, a few months to sort this out, everybody would have gotten vaccinated. There wouldn't have been a protest movement of people complaining about public health restrictions. But the the propaganda that's created in these communities and fostered and shared, it's politically very valuable. It's very valuable in the the United States in particular, where you have such a fractured media and political environment that people agglomerate around these sort of tribal identifiers. So anti-vaccination is a really good example I read a piece yesterday that was saying that the effect of this propaganda on on you know active participants in the Republican Party means that whoever is the presidential nominee in the next uh, federal election in America, whoever the Republicans choose, will probably have to be an anti-vaxxer in order mm. to win enough votes wow. internally to hold that position. The idea that that you would put up as your nominee in the most powerful and heavily armed democracy on earth, somebody who didn't support vaccination is genuinely terrifying. And the consequences of that for public health, for anything, Mm. Mm. I mean, they're global so van i know
3: that uh people have lost loved ones to this Mm. these conspiracy cults um you know because it does it obviously creates factions in families and friendship groups when you see someone go down this kind of rabbit hole and you give some really great and beautiful advice to people who might be in this situation with someone that they love
1: well it The whole idea of the book, I mean, i had been following this stuff for a while because I find it interesting. And as an activist, I had seen these sort of spaces opening up online with this apocalyptic language and this kind of nuttiness, really. And you're right that it it is sort of amusing. It's like, who would believe this stuff? Well, unfortunately, you know, around 12% of the population are quite vulnerable to these ideas. In Australia or America
0: then? Sort both. of
1: across the West, there's like quite a community wow. of them. I mean, that's we can a lot of people. Mm. Of, yeah, and like I said, vulnerable to these ideas. Like the actual hardcore of people who believe this is smaller, but that's still a significant number of people. Mm. And I mean, the the problem with with what's been happening in families and communities people gravitate towards conspiracy thinking when they're in distress when they feel like they're not in control of their environment and obviously the invisible killer virus has totally upended society people have been vulnerable to that kind of distress and they've been trapped at home with their computers. One of the things I talk about in the book is that information literacy is not something that everybody has. There are people who believe everything they read on the internet because it looks like news and sophisticated propagandists know how to make things that aren't true, look true. And they become vulnerable to that as well. And of course I started Uh, thinking about the book when I was writing articles, because I had all these people on social media saying, my brother, my cousin, my wife, my children, they have become involved in this thing, and they're spouting this nonsense, and I don't know what to do. So I did a lot of research around it. And I interviewed psychologists and various other people who sort of to get an understanding of why this was happening. And one of the most important things I learned was that you can't you can't solve unreason with reason. Like if somebody oh. has decided that the, that Hillary Clinton is like an arch warlock who's controlling people's minds with children's blood, like you can't really say, but the facts are. Like that's not <sighs> where that person is. And the way to get people out of this is actually a process of re-socialisation, to stop talking and to stop arguing and to stop going, but the facts, but the evidence, because that's not where they're at. This is a person who needs to reclaim some sense of you know confidence in their environment and the best way of doing that is to keep contact alive I always say to people because people ask me all the time what do I do what do I do I say go bowling Though like, bowling is one of the best things you can do because it's very social it's very fun uh, the, it means everything in the moment and means nothing in an hour and it's also it doesn't really facilitate a conversation about lizard people or Hillary Clinton mm. like you can't really slip that into conversation <laughs> <with bowling alley. laughs> not much and eye it's contact like that. yeah Yeah, yeah. And, you know, looking over photos of the past, putting together scrapbooks, the kinds of things that re-establish bonds with people are actually how you help them find a way back. Because Mm. one of the tragedies that happen is that people fall into these conspiracy cults and they start, you know, they might start going to these demos. They might start participating in, for example, the incineration of old Parliament House, you know, and being around those kind of radicalising political activities well if everybody who is not like that in their circle their friends their colleagues their family are like i'm just not having anything to do with jane until she stops talking about lizard people like i'm out it means that the the social connections jane makes mm. are people who are in that space she can't and they come become back further mm. and further and further radicalized and harder to get back yeah. Mm.
3: So it it I mean that's a place of real compassion and understanding and kind of just I suppose forgiving your loved one of that particular flaw. I mean, I have friends who tolerate the fact that I'm a Collingwood supporter and that's not <laughs> easy for them. So
0: <laughs> I guess
1: you know, there's analogies where you
3: look
0: Well, there are with a range of issues, aren't there? Yeah yeah but, but
1: patience acceptance and and love but it's, yeah. a, it's a social responsibility if mm. we think that extremism and radicalization around propaganda that is dangerous and apocalyptic language leads to apocalyptic behavior, behavior. and it, yeah. like like i said somebody said old parliament house on fire we are mm. now at a point where we have people desecrating war monuments we have people who like or you know attacking union offices setting mm. museums on fire like these are Actions that we typically associate with a very militant far-right neo-fascist movement. Mm. And of course, this movement is saturated with neo-fascists because they can see recruits. Because if you can convince people Mm. to believe that, you know, children are being snatched, you can convince them to believe that this ethnic minority did it or this Kabbalah people did it or and deploy against the traditional targets of the extremist far-right. And it's like, you know, you want to say to people, if there are Nazis at your march, you probably shouldn't be at that, na- mm. that, mar- that march. That's and we not- can't,
0: can't let this become normalised, which is yeah. why I think it's so important. I mean, the book is absolutely beautifully written. Can I say, like, I just, it's just so wonderfully written and so clear and moving, actually, mm. in parts unexpectedly. But also, we can't just turn a blind eye. This isn't just happening in America. And I must admit, I'll confess, that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, I thought, oh, there's a little bit of it here, yeah. but not much. And you read it, you go, we've all got to read this. Yeah,
3: it is really amazing, and and your research is incredible. I know that you uh, went undercover as I well, on some of these in these sort of websites, and it's just amazing, Van. Congratulations on the book, and and yeah, do. Uh, do enlighten yourself. Don't put your head in the sand like yeah. I have been doing. Q and On and on is the book uh, by Van Battam, who is brilliant. And we love that you joined us from the master this yes. morning. And <laughs> Thank, thank you. you for your work. It thank must you. have thank been really hard. Thank you for having
1: hard. me and the yeah. master on, yeah. you on your show. I really <laughs> appreciate it. And thank you for your kind words about the book. And there's quite a community of people who have responded to the book and are sharing stories about what's been going on in their families and families you know, certainly I recommend people come to my Facebook page and they'll find a lot of people. If you're having this issue with a loved one, there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of people there who are going through the same thing.
3: Thanks so much, Van. Thanks, Van. Uh, we'll talk to you again sometime on Broad Radio. It's been awesome to have you. We'll Thanks for having me and the car. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we'll have more Broad Radio after this.
0: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: Broad Radio, talking inspo we love,
0: info we need and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday 9am Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8BROAD. Catch up on demand
2: anytime, anywhere. Every time, everywhere. On the train,
1: we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, (laughs) we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more.
3: Wow, what an amazing woman Van Batam is and and the research she did for that book. And I have to say, I'm sorry, we didn't get to the questions that were coming in and comments. Donna has uh, made a comment on Facebook saying that she lost two friendships because they 100% believe there are children in tunnels Mm. in Melbourne. Mm. Lost two friendships. And so Michelle has asked the question for Van, how did she stay safe and still stay safe whilst she investigated and researched the book? And you know that she was the target of many
0: Oh, a lot. I mean, but she has been... How long has Van been writing for The Guardian? A long time. Mm. Um, nearly a decade, I think. Yes. Um, and she, because of her, you know, as many women in public experience, but particularly if they've got outspoken views, mm. i.e. opinions on anything, I think she's been trolled so mercilessly online and in real life, she's almost used to it, which is not to say it doesn't affect no. her. But I don't know that she noticed a significant... Well, um,
3: we did text that question actually to Van because we unfortunately said goodbye to her before we could ask her that question, Michelle. And she says, oh, here we go. I've been trolled so relentlessly on the internet since I started writing for The Guardian in 2013. There Mm -hmm. you go. Um, That I've made adjustments to my security along the way and I just live like this now. I do keep records of anyone who attacks me just in case something happens and a paper trail is useful. What a way to live just because you have an opinion. And it's so extraordinarily brilliant at it. Oh, you know. and,
0: and I think we forget when we hear anyone who does any kind of investigative journalism kind of work, the sacrifices that they're mm. making to their own sense of mental and physical security. Mm. It's it's even more reason to take this work seriously and not just kind of go. It's not relevant to me.
3: Yes yeah so um yeah what a thanks van thanks van what an incredible job you're doing um before we get to our next guest who is kerry sackfield we just wanted to mention that tomorrow of course is the 26th of january which around the country is known as australia day i don't use that term australia Mm. day um it is the 26th of january and uh I guess we don't uh, celebrate it here at Broad Radio. We don't consider it a date to celebrate, but we wanted to mention um, that that is our stance, um, that Mm -hmm. it is a deeply hurtful date for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and um, we don't support it as a way of celebrating Australia Day, although we would love there to be a date that we could all celebrate come
0: together look i'm rehashing an old joke and i won't do a bit on you but i used to do a joke <laughs> about the fact because i just don't understand why we don't just change the date yeah. like i would love to celebrate australia yeah. day but why do it on such a hurtful day and i had a suggestion in this joke which is 13th of september mm-hmm. do you know the significance of that date tell me it's Warney's birthday <laughs> so i'm like you wedge the rednecks Because they love Warnie. Like, oh, (laughs) Warnie! And the rest of us get to move on.
3: Yes, yeah.
0: seriously, just change the date. It's a no-brainer.
3: Change the date. And if you wish to be an ally this year, we highly recommend that you head along to uh, really investigate the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which is a beautiful document. Mm. Um, Just really calling for... A very simple thing, which is you know, constitutional change. It sounds like a complicated thing, but just for First Nations voice to be protected by the constitution, just to be heard. To is be it? yeah, to be actually acknowledged as the settlers of this country, not white people. So that's our stance. We thought we'd just share it with you. Meanwhile, here she is, Kerry Sackville. We love you. You're a fantastic writer and we love your columns. And you're here to tell us why on earth the world has gone mad about Word or Hello, darling.
2: Hello. And I love the idea about Warney's birthday, though I would have probably thrown Kylie Minogue's birthday into the mix as well. Sure. Oh, good idea. Sure. Look, it, it so wouldn't inclusive. have been as
0: funny but yes True. you're right you're I'm not a right. comedian I know I'm just a
2: fan <laughs> um have you done your wordle today Kerry I haven't today actually but I really look forward to it I love doing wordle I get very excited I do it with my boyfriend and um when he wins I get quite cranky like when he gets a word before me and when I get it I like do a happy dance it's it's you know it's not, um, it's not elegant, it's not um, restrained, <laughs> but it is really joyous. But as much as I love Wordle and I, you know, love that everybody loves Wordle, I kind of got a little bit annoyed because I'd log on to Twitter in the morning and there would just be this endless stream mm. of these green and what is it, like a mustard yellow, yellow a gray. and grey boxes, like one after the other, and no one's liking it. No one cares about anyone else's score. And so I I posted something on Twitter saying, guys, you know, really stop. Like, no one cares about your Wordle score. And I was, like, slammed. Now, I know that that Van is dealing with QAnon mad people who are trying to take it down, but there is nothing. To compare to Angry Wordle fans, right. like I was called a Grinch, I was called a thief of joy. Oh, you know, I, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was a Grinch who stole Wordle. Can mm. I take back, take a step back, and because I don't play Wordle,
3: so it just oh, appeared must. in my feed like a virus. Mm. And yes. I never sort of jumped on I'll board. What do you do? So no, but can you explain <laughs> to me other what virus. it is? Look can you can virus. you explain what? Yeah. Like I can see words. I figure it's like a. I mean, obviously it's a word puzzle. But how do you play? It's
2: the shadow pandemic. Like <laughs> this is you know, the virus that has infected the intellect of this country. Look, it's very clever. It's literally just a guessing game. You have to guess a five letter word. It's like remember Mastermind. So mm. you would guess. Um, I can't remember what you would guess like a sequence of of colors and mastermind would tell you whether you would got the right yes um color in the right spot or the right color in the wrong spot mm-hmm. so basically you guess a five letter word it tells you whether each letter you've got in the right spot or not at all or in the wrong spot and then you have i think six goes to choose the word and it's once a day so everybody is guessing the same word everyone gets very excited about it how many turns can you you know can you take to guess the word um, for me, look, I don't mean to boast, but it's usually it's usually three or four. Some people
0: it's as much as five or six. Um, <laughs> Listen to her humble no. rags. I'm doing it with my boyfriend and I get it in three or four. Just I night. know, I know. Look at you go, Kerry. Look, I, I I, I, I'm not on the Wordle train because I don't like to learn new things. Like I've had enough of learning <laughs> yeah. new shit. You know what I mean? Your like enough already. It's yeah. full. Yeah. But yeah. unlike you two cranks, I noticed that was on the Wordle today. I love it. I love seeing my friends post. That They're happy with themselves. They're happy know, as Larry. It's I'm a wholesome story. Them. I'm happy for them. I don't. I don't mind <laughs> seeing you. it. Oh, I'm happy for.
3: Them. <laughs> I just didn't understand why suddenly it was always these people sharing right. these grids. I also loved the. I love the. Um, Carrie's furious. The background to Wordle and how it was. A, it's a love story. I read Kerry. Yeah, it
2: is. Yes, a guy designed it for his partner, which is really lovely. Mm. I wouldn't say I'm furious I would I just did irritated irri- <laughs> well yes you did I'm irritated <laughs> do you remember a while back everybody started posting their um cycling maps oh yeah like, no, so that's you annoying. and you'd see oh this is the map yeah. I did around Sydney this is the journey I took around yeah. Melbourne it's like I don't care yeah, go care on your cycling of. journey have fun I do not care where you went or how long it took or how many kilometers you did and it's sort of the same but Karen you know, I post like, pictures of you,
0: like Fish fingers and mashed potato. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I know that annoys yeah. people. Guess what? I don't care. Mm. Yeah. If you don't want to see my yeah. fish fingers, don't
3: look at it. But is the issue, Kerry, that it's when someone posts any kind of achievement, we as humans can't help but compare ourselves to them?
2: Yes. Definitely, and Ooh. I really don't like it when people get the word in two when I've, well, I've got it in three, so I'd really like them to please stop. It's just, it's, it's just insensitive, you know. Like it's fine to post it if you got it in five or six because it, it makes me feel really good. But no, I think it's sort of like the whole like posting your weight loss or posting, you know, endless photos of, I don't know, this lasagna that you made that's just amazing. Like it's, it's nice and we're happy for you that you've had this achievement, but no one actually cares. Mm. Right. Just, just, yeah. you know, just keep your, keep your but joy to yourself and post about the, the care. nightmares.
0: Carrie, yes, don't other do. people care? They do they care. They do.
2: And they that's do. what I discovered. They do. Apparently people do like seeing it. It makes them happy. They like looking at how many goes other people took. Yeah. And, and I was, I was well and truly schooled. To the point where you know it was one thing seeing it in my feed but then people started actually tweeting their wordle scores at me
0: At you. so i now
2: wake up in the morning and it's not just seeing them in my feed it's like mm. in my private messages right oh, here's my wordle That'll so, yeah, I, you. I really did get get schooled like and what people were saying to be fair is that is that life is hard at the moment and there's mm. so little joy and just let us have our joy so i do yes. understand that but maybe post puppies instead that we can all enjoy. Oh,
3: well, but then
2: people,
3: let me tell you, people are competitive about their puppies too. They are. Like I I know. Is it a rescue? Well, there's that. Is it a rescue? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks their dog is the best dog in the world, right? Mine, That's mine just actually sp- are, No, but mine but is. Sure. So but, sorry, but All it can't right. be because mine All is. Right.
2: You see what's happening? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, do. I don't. It- I don't have a dog, so I don't. I don't have this. But my cat is amazing. <laughs> oh no! See, my cat, my cat, thank she and she's a rescue. <laughs> oh well. There
3: okay. You go. Mine's eighteen. And still going oh, wow. strong. Yeah. Okay. So... Well, mine
2: has mine has psychological issues, Joe. So you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, mine's on medication. He yeah, yeah. actually is. Oh, God, oh, anyway. you win. Yeah, you I win. did. Yeah.
3: I did once have a cat on Pussy Prozac.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> Pussy Prozac. That should be my next Ooh. book.
0: Pussy, Carrie, Pro- oh. take it, take it. Perfect. Pussy oh, Prozac. Well, or a
2: band name. Come and see Pussy Prozac. Prozac. And her, and... And the, I not know, mental breakdowns. Yeah. Either that or
3: it's an invitation. When I'm, If I'm ever single again, perhaps I'll, I'll
2: find someone over a bit oh, of Pussy Prozac. Great, a great Tinder name, Pussy Prozac.
0: Oh, I'm taking You'll it. You'll be
2: calmed down. Just, I'm you know, taking
0: like, it. Get to know me. I am therapy.
3: You Hear you me right. roar. <laughs> um,
2: speaking of books, Kerry, I see that you've got a book heading off to the printer's i do i'm so excited my my new book is coming out oh there's the cover it's so cute um the life changing magic of a little bit of mess i just thought we all needed a bit of an antidote to all of the murray condo you know let's get mm. decluttering and and you know all the aspirational home influences with their perfect houses and and their perfect table settings i embrace a more relaxed way of being in my home as you probably knew from the time I had my cupboard doors open and my bras on display while I was doing one of these (laughs) interviews so I felt that it was time to share that message with the world and and help other people to embrace their mess and and um yeah Yeah, just stop trying to be perfect
3: let's not let's not forget though Kerry that you I mean basically created a movement as far as how to hang your bras right
2: Look, so, I did. I'm not, I did and something, yeah.
3: I don't feel like you have a lot of mess there if you're organising your bras in such a way that you've inspired a whole generation of women on I have. Twitter. People,
2: women are now putting their bras on hooks, thanks to me. Yeah. Who knew? Did do? you know this? And she just because it's the lazy... Hooks,
0: she hangs yeah, it's the bras lazy girl's way of doing it.
2: I do. I do the, the 3M hooks. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just so you don't have to put them in a drawer. It makes it so much easier. It's literally just came out of my incredible laziness and slovenliness Mm. um Mm. and if you actually if i swiveled the camera around you would see that that this is an illusion and and, um,
0: (laughs) my first question is how many pairs of bras do you have that you require hooks
2: oh god okay let me do that you know there's the sports bras oh there's there's you know the the lift and Yep. separate bras <laughs> because you know I've had three children uh, and now now ladies with perimenopause there's the sleeping bras because I get yes. so hot at night I just need to take everything off and you know what it's like it gets a bit uncomfortable with the whole I've been on sleeping bras for a long time yeah. yeah yeah so sleeping bras and and you know very very special very special bras that, that you know are a bit scratchy and just kind of live in the bottom of the cupboard and no one ever
0: the takes them out. They're, they're
2: sort of more bras. ornamental, <laughs> <Yes>. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, wow. on hooks. Uh, Kerry, okay.
3: does it feel a little like you're about to give birth when your book goes off to the printer?
2: It's it's so strange because you sit there at your desk and you tap away and write something, and you can't ever really think that it's going to be published because if you do, you'll never actually get anything written. You have to just write something that you would like to read and then to actually see it come to life is amazing. Um, I really wanted to, with this book, just write something that made me laugh and I would sit there writing and laughing my ass off and I think that's what we need at the moment. I think we all just need a laugh. It's been a really tough couple of years and I just wanted to put something light and joyous into the world that wasn't Wordle.
0: Well, congratulations (laughs) because publishing at the moment is not easy. Let's Mm. be honest. So, you know, congratulations to you. Mm. When will it be out? It's going to be
2: out in March. So I would love to
0: talk more about it then. Oh, yes.
2: We
3: will talk to you about your book and your messy life. Most definitely. (laughs) Messy, messy life. And my bras. And your bras. We'll do a whole section
2: on bras, yeah. We'll (laughs) we'll get some Broad Radio branded bra hooks because it all was born here.
0: Yeah, love it. Let's get a fitting. Let's get a fitting life. Remember you used to be able to go to Maya or somewhere and there'd be some lady who would actually fit you properly i think they still do that do they i don't yes. think they do yeah
3: no i i believe that they do and i recall being shoved by a very oh yeah brusque woman who yeah. would like you know, my make Miss you lean ratchet. over and yeah. Yeah, 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 and they jiggle you around. And yeah. my, oh, I, yeah. I'm just going through my daughter's first uh foray into bras, and I thought, should I get her fitted? And I didn't, but at some point, I guess, she's oh, gonna have do to you not remember
2: that. like yourself the first bra fitting. Oh, It's mortifying, and the woman bursts into the room, yeah, and you're sort of. Going there like that because when you're, you know, 12, you think that yeah. that you're, you know, God forbid anyone sees your boobs. And then, of course, mm. by the time you get to this age and half the world has seen your boobs with breastfeeding and giving birth mm. and everything, it's like I could go and, and get the mail with, you know, yeah. Yeah. Out. and in fact probably have once or twice. So It's yeah.
3: true. Yeah. Hey, Kerry, awesome to have you on Broad Radio again. Thank you so much for uh, enlightening me. As far as Wordle is concerned, maybe I'll give it a crack. I'm kind of like Nellie in, in this regard, though, in that I'm tired and busy
2: So mm. I haven't... It's only five letters. You can do it. I I believe in you both. (laughs) All right. And when I do, I I will send it.
3: I'll send it it straight to you. Yeah, exactly. Everybody else does. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Kerry. You take care.
0: We'll see you on Broad Radio again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Nellie, the sleeping bra, it seems, is a Mm. revelation to some who are listening at
0: this point. when I say bra, I mean it's really a crop top. Mm -hmm. But this is probably, I don't know... uh, how to put this but it's really for the larger breasted lady Mm. would be my sense so i've been wearing crop top to bed since i got boobs which was overnight (laughs) uh when i was about 15 i went from flat chested to a double d Mm. within six months and it's uncomfortable to sleep Mm. if you've got big gazungas right without some kind of something yes otherwise they're just Mm. Too much movement. Sure. I can yeah. You get I'm, it? I'm getting it. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like a it's not like a wired It's not keeping them up like this. No, it's mm. just sort of gently holding
3: the girls mm. in place. Because Michelle is saying, Oh my god, sleeping bra, what WTF?
0: Yeah, gonna um, get that sucker
3: get, off. Get it off I get it. I don't sleep yeah. in a bra, but I will say that yesterday I was reduced to tears. In fact, I wept in a seamstress's fitting room. Oh love. Because of lingerie, oh, or no. because of the challenge of trying to work out what to do about them. my boobs, I've, this is the background, right? And <laughs> I'm 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 harking back to my beautiful mothers in Boston who are screaming into the abyss, right? Yeah. Okay, I have a I'm I'm going back to the world of of events and emceeing, which I yeah. love as a part yeah. of our world and what yeah, we it's do. Fun. It's so great, but of course that puts you right on stage in a formal yeah. outfit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I've been wearing the same dress for seven years at every formal occasion and now I don't fit it so I've got a new dress. It's um, quite sheer. So I thought, no worries, I'll take it to a seamstress and get a a lining put in. Mm. And she says to me yesterday, you can't really, it's going to ruin the line of the dress. And I wept because I've spent money on the dress. Mm. And now what do I do about the fact that this stupid dress, thanks fashion, is sheer, sheer. right? Mm. And I'm standing there, A, enraged that if I was a man I'd put on a, tuxedo Sleep. and yep. go yep. but I'm spending yep. money and time mm. on a dress and makeup and hair and shoes mm. and all of that and mm. now we have got to work out what to do with the boobs
1: what to and do. why
3: don't I know why is this not a god-given understanding I feel like women are supposed to go oh I know get an adhesive cup or get this or get that and it's just not a natural knowledge for me can you just let them hang out on
0: stage yeah you'd see my nips Well, could you just have a normal bra?
3: No, because it's backless.
0: Oh, it's backless. See, with girls this size, (laughs) I've never worn anything backless. So I can't help you at all. Well, I wept publicly. Well, and this beautiful
3: seamstress was so, hang, she was so patient and kind. Where else have you wept?
0: (laughs) Because I've wept at the dentist, I've wept at school. Yes. You know, when people get more than they bargain for. Mm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how are you, Nelly? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go it. somewhere. If it happens to be the receptionist at school, which, which i imagine it often is i'm sure because i can't is. work the bloody app and then i can't work out how to pay for the uniform mm, if mm. it has to be well that's just part of the job and it's never about the thing that you really no weeping of course about. it's not
3: it's overwhelm it's overwhelm and rage and rage i and, was and so cross not about, being able
0: to scream yeah, That's it. Enough.
3: why am i being forced to do this just to go to
0: work do you want me to just listen or would you like a solution i want a solution just get rid of the dress and buy yourself a new one.
3: <laughs> no, I just, just bought just... a new one. It's a brand new dress.
0: Uh, you know what my eBay. solution
3: My solution is going to be? At some point I'm going to fork out for a beautifully fitted tuxedo of my own. Oh. And that's all I'm going to wear. And every time I work at one of these events, I walk on stage and they'll go, oh, I feel like that's the suit you wore last year. And yeah. I'll be going, yes, suck it up. I could see you in a beautiful powder blue suit.
0: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. like
3: a really gorgeous brocade kind of shiny sort of pattern oh, sort of thing, you know, whatever. I'm just, <laughs> it's going to be my solution for Love it. it. But yeah. And meanwhile, just wait publicly.
0: Just wait, you know, it's better out than in. Never a true word was spoken <laughs> across all I'm offering levels. nothing here. No, nothing. I love it.
3: Nellie, thank you so much as always My for joining pleasure. me. And um, we will see you again soon. We'll, we'll just, let's just go then. and have a cry together. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, everybody. Um, it's been a joy to bellow on your behalf today. And you have a great week. We'll be back with Broad Radio next Tuesday. We'll see you then. See you,
0: everyone.